Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The reality we live in can be a very strange place. Most of the time, fact being stranger than fiction. How will we ever start to understand this reality we live in unless we question everything? Join me and a guest as we unravel the mysteries of this reality one topic at a time. This is Icarus Boreality with Shane Jones. What is up, Inquirers, and welcome to the thought-provoking podcast that I call Inquiries of Our Reality. Today's guest has done his fair share of tangling with the unknown, and much like being ensnared in a spider's web, he quickly found himself stuck in a sticky situation with sinister eyes watching his every move. Mistakes were made, but it's all a learning curve, and hopefully we can lend a helping hand to dislodge him from his current predicament that he's stuck in. But before we get into this fascinating conversation, we of course have to hit the front of house stuff. So if you guys haven't already reviewed or rated the show on iTunes or Spotify, I would definitely appreciate it if you did. And if you guys leave a five-star review on iTunes, of course, I will read it on the show and give you guys a shout out. And uh, if you guys want to get updates on anything going on with the show, be it new episodes, uh, events coming up, or anything that I deem as post-worthy, uh, you guys can go and follow the show on Instagram or Facebook. Uh, the one that I'm the most active on, of course, is Instagram. So that would be the best way to get in contact with me if that was something you guys were trying to do. And uh, if you guys want to pop in and have some awesome conversations with some like-minded individuals, I definitely recommend checking out the Telegram or the Discord. Uh, those are always building, and hopefully they'll continue to keep growing as long as you guys keep popping into them. Uh, Telegram, not as active as the Discord, so if you're going to pop into one, uh, I highly recommend popping into the Discord. But again, the only way those things are going to continue to grow is with your guys' help. And speaking of continuing to grow, uh, the show is also now on YouTube and TikTok. And as far as that goes, I post short little snippets of interesting parts in the conversation along with a thought-provoking question to go with them. Uh, Super easy to share if you guys want to help to share the show and help that the show can continue to grow. They're little digestible things if you don't think somebody's going to listen to the entire episode. But hey, it's a way to... uh, Get it in the eyes of other people, and uh, you know maybe you show somebody a clip of the show. Uh, they get interested. They listen to the full episode, and now you have somebody to talk about all this weird phenomenon with, and you won't feel like you're the only one in your office or your home or whatever that's into this stuff. But again, the only way that the show is going to continue to grow and you guys are going to be able to continue to talk about this kind of weird stuff with other people is if you guys share the stuff that you're into, share the show, and I definitely appreciate anything you guys do as far as that front goes. And uh, if anybody's interested in being a guest on the show, if you're an author, researcher, experiencer, contactee, cryptozoologist, uh, whistleblower, uh, occultist, 
um, open-minded individual all around. I'm interested in having a conversation with you. So you got to break the ice, shoot me a message. Uh, let me know what you're interested because I'd love to set something up with you guys and know you guys by name and by face, of course. And uh, if you guys want to contact me, like I said earlier, the one that I'm the most active on is Instagram, but you guys can also email me at inquiries of our reality podcast at outlook.com. Or you guys can go to the link tree, fill the submission form at the top. That'll go directly to my email. And then make sure you guys check your spam and junk folders. Make sure nothing gets missed because I do send out a lot of links doing the show. So a lot of my stuff goes to spam, unfortunately. But I do respond to every single message that I get. So make sure it doesn't get missed. Make sure it doesn't get thrown away on accident. Um, because I definitely want to have a conversation with you guys. Even if it's just you know a simple message saying you guys enjoy the show, I appreciate all that kind of stuff, and I love seeing that kind of stuff. And I'm going to respond to you guys no matter what, because you guys took the time to listen to the show, to send me a message. The least I can do is send you guys a message, start up a conversation. And like I said, I'd love to know all of you guys by face and by name, but the only way it's ever going to happen is if you guys break the barrier and shoot me a message, of course. And uh, if you guys can't get enough of the content I put out, highly recommend going and checking out Bizarre Encounters. I do that with my two awesome co-hosts, Orin and Jenny. Couldn't ask for a better co-host. Uh, we have a lot of fun over there. We do some deep dives. Uh, we get into interviews with uh, researchers that dig into Bizarre Encounters and uh, you know, contactees, uh, experiencers, uh, all that kind of stuff. It's a fascinating show. It's a lot of fun. Uh, we get off the rails sometimes. We make some jokes, but all around we have some fascinating theories and uh, we get pretty deep with it. So I definitely think you guys are going to enjoy that if you guys enjoy this show. And if you guys want to keep tabs on this show, that show, and anything else that I do, always go and check out Open Minds Media. That's uh, what I keep everything under. That's my uh, podcasting umbrella. I'm sure you guys have heard it in the beginning of the show. You guys have heard it me mention it a million times, but make sure you guys keep your eyes out for that. Check out anything you see that says Open Minds Media on it. And uh, speaking of Open Minds Media, if you guys want to support the show, you guys can support the show through becoming a Patreon member over on the Open Minds Media Patreon. Uh, over there, you don't just get one show, you get both shows, so it's a little bit more bang for your buck. And you'll get things such as ad-free episodes, early access to episodes, lives of episodes, live replays of episodes, which is the raw video format of the episodes. And you'll get exclusive merch store discounts. Uh, there'll be some exclusive hangouts. And I'm always building up over there for the Patreon. So if you guys have anything that you guys really want to see as far as the Patreon goes, don't hesitate to shoot me a message because I'd, I'm definitely interested in hearing it, getting some feedback on it, and building up the Patreon to give you guys exactly what you want as far as the Patreon goes. And uh, if you guys want to donate to the show directly, there's a couple different ways to do so. You guys can go through PayPal, Cash App, Venmo, or Red Circle, which is the RSS host for the show. And if you guys donate anything at all, uh, shoot me a message. If it doesn't give you an option for some type of personalized message, let me know what you guys donated because I'd love to give you guys a shout out on the show for you know supporting the show, of course. And then the uh, third way you guys can support the show is through the Open Minds Media merch store. Over there, uh, you'll get stuff for Increase of Our Reality, Bizarre Encounters. Um, I did add two new shirt designs recently, the Stay Bizarre design for Bizarre Encounters and the Anime Squatch design for Increase of Our Reality. Um, I am trying to expand that a bit more, add some new designs, hopefully every month, every other month. I do have a new design that I've been working on for actually Squonkapalooza, but after Squonkapalooza, I'll probably be uploading it onto the store, but it's a pretty cool, uh, all original art, uh, Squonk design. I definitely think you guys are going to really enjoy it. If you guys haven't already seen it, uh, at Squonkapalooza or seen me post it from Squonkapalooza. The one thing that I do ask is that if anybody picks up anything from the Open Minds Media merch store, it'd be really, really cool if you guys wouldn't mind sending me a picture of you guys wearing it. I'd love to repost it on the page, show that there's love and support out there. And uh, speaking of love and support, if you guys can't donate to the show, do any of that kind of stuff, um, which of course, all of that is going to go towards helping the show to grow, make it so I can go to more events, meet more of you guys, uh, 
connect with more of you guys, build up the listener base, of course. But if you guys can't do any of that, if you guys just to simply rate the show, shoot a message saying that you enjoy the show, um, support, interact with the community, all that kind of stuff. It goes a long way as far as podcasters go. And that doesn't just go for this show. That goes for any show. If you guys love the podcast, let that podcaster know that you love the show. Give them some reviews. Uh, give them five stars. Share the shit out of their show. Uh, support the show in any possible way that you can. It's not just about necessarily donating the show. It's just about helping the show to grow. And at the end of the day, you guys can say that you helped the podcast grow. It's almost like you're a producer of the show in a weird way, but realistically, you guys are the lifeblood of the show. And if it wasn't for you guys, none of us would be sitting here doing it. So show the love going back and forth both ways because we spend all this time in order to produce all this awesome content for you guys. And we do it because we enjoy it realistically. But like I said, if you guys are enjoying it, we're entertaining you. Uh, support the show in some way, shape, or form. You know, it's value for value, as uh, No Agenda says. And it's very true that the only way that we're ever going to keep expanding our podcast and making it so that we can hopefully all get to a point where we can do this full time as far as podcasters go. It's going to be with your guys' help, of course. And uh, speaking of help, if you guys haven't already heard about Crypto Theology, which I've been talking about forever on the show, absolutely awesome. Joe is fucking great. He just put on the uh, Squonkapalooza event. A lot of hard work coming from that guy. He's always dropping new designs. So if there's anybody out in this uh, cryptid space as far as merchandise goes that you guys should be supporting, highly recommend going and supporting Joe. That dude is awesome. And I think that you guys will definitely enjoy his designs if you guys enjoy the content of this show and Bizarre Encounters, of course. And uh, everything that I mentioned, all available under the link tree, which is available down in the show description. And with that, let's get into the show. Please welcome back to the show, Dusty McBalls from the Rainy Day Horror Show. How's it going today, man? It's going great. The certified cougar hunter is back for round two. Round two of the continuation of the awesome trail story that you actually told for the first time on this show. And for anybody that hasn't listened to that episode, highly recommend going back and checking it out. Uh, I know you've done your rounds telling that story, so it might be across a couple different podcasts. So wherever you happen to hear it, make sure you listen to part one of that because this will be the continuation. And the best part will be the fact that this will be the first time that you've told the continuation. So this will be an exclusive for this show, just like it was the first time, which I definitely appreciate, man. You're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah, this I, I told a few blips of it to some people, but you are the first that's going to get the entire fucking thing. Sweet save. And uh, before we get into uh, this awesome episode that I'm really, really looking forward to hearing, or the continuation of, of course, uh, for anybody that may not be familiar with what your show is and exactly what you do over there, uh, why don't you give an idea about what exactly your show is, what you do, and where they can come and find it if they want to come and check it out. So I run the rainy day horror show i am the host i am the producer i'm the writer i do everything over there and you can find it basically on any podcast platform i'm all just everywhere and um i got into it when i was living in atlanta and i was really really you know broke and i only had like i was getting paid weekly but because of bills and stuff like that i only had ten dollars every week to get to what i needed to do like living wise. So I needed a hobby. I needed something to escape and I loved horror. I mean, I've loved it ever since I was, you know, a little kid when I first saw the nightmare before Christmas. So 
I have the authenticated movie poster right next to me, and it does come with the certificate of authenticity for you haters out there. Okay, fancy but as fuck. Ever since <laughs> <laughs> it is, it is, it is. It's one of my. I think I have like thirty real authenticated movie posters. So, but that's probably one of my favorites or most meaningful to me. But yeah, I've just on that show, on my show, we cover everything from true crime, paranormal, cryptids, a little bit of cryptids, a little bit of conspiracies, but I also love doing like weird unnatural deaths. Like this week, I think I'm doing a camping horror story on Colin Scott. So I don't know the whole story because I saw it one day. I was like, oh, that's cool. Just read over it and I just put it down on my my sticky note, shoved it next to my desk, desk and completely forgot what it's about. So that's this weekend. So I'm excited to do that. But yeah. Say, we can definitely get into some of that on the second half of the show because I'd lo- definitely love to cover some of the stuff that you're the most passionate about. But uh, of course, we have to get into your uh, paranormal, fascinating, strange uh, trail story. But obviously, like I recommended before, I say that everybody should go back and listen to that first part of listening on what other other podcasts you happen to have been on. Uh, but if anybody just doesn't really want to do that, they want to just listen to this episode because they're already here now listening to it. Uh, before we get into the second half, uh, if you want to give some kind of just a like a quick, uh, short, you know, run over of like the beginning part of the story just to kind of lead up to it. And, you know, if they want to go back, get the details, all that kind of stuff, they can listen to the previous episode, but, you know, at least kind of catch them up a little bit with, you know, in, in a t- somewhat timely matter before we get into uh, the uh, part two, which of course definitely give every single detail of the part two. <laughs> okay. Perfect. Perfect. Cause this, if I were to retell this, this story takes me like I've timed it out. It's like an hour to tell me to tell it just the first half. So it, there's a lot more and I can't remember where we left off with it, but the whole, how it started was when I first met my girlfriend, she was my Valentine and we went out on Valentine's day and we went to Stone Arch bridge in Minneapolis. And then we went to this trail that's near my house that I used to walk when I was like in high school, just to clear my head and everything like that. So I take her there and we're not even like, five minutes into this trail, we just hit the first turn. And she says, Hey, there's somebody standing on the corner, like on the side of the path. And he's pissed. He does not want us here. So I was like, okay, cool. We'll just leave. We leave. I drop her off at the house. And then she starts doing some research, finds the person that she saw that night. And then which prompts both of us to go on this wild goose chase that took forever. And We still, like, we knew the guy's name. His name is Carl. And when we figured out his name, we went to the libraries all around us. They had nothing. We went to the National Honor Society Library in St. Paul. Nothing. And then we went to the Hastings, um, this place in Hastings where you can look up the plot number. We ended up finding out that, let me count, hold on. I think it was six people died on that property from families that owned it. And then when my city bought it in the eighties or nineties, um, ever since then people have committed suicide bodies have been dumped there. And I know we first talked about maybe it could have been cryptids or cause there was, um, there's a native American reservation. That's 20 miles like 
west of my town. We thought maybe there was an Indian burial ground there. Well, turns out it's not. And I think this is where we left off with. I don't think I ever told for told it for you that there's actually a demon on that trail and it's not just one. It's like six of them, seven of them. It's a shit ton of demons on this trail. I think that uh, last time we were talking, you may have started to hint at it. I don't know if we talked about it after we recorded the episode or not and it was just some personal messages, but that was about about the spot where we left off at. Was uh, I remember there was a part where you said you saw like a, like a demon on the side of the trail. Um, but again, I don't know if that was in messages or not. So just for the sake of the listeners, if it was, if you don't mind recapping that part of the story and then kind of continuing on past uh, from that point. Okay, so after we figure out like something's weird about this land, one night we went there again and we were like, we were walking down the trail and we ended up seeing Carl again. And he kind of like shook his head at us like he was disappointed in us. And he wasn't speaking to us. We, he didn't like, we asked him, how'd you die? And he just wasn't talking. And so we're like, well, this is kind of stupid. So we go back to my car. We're sitting, we're sitting in my car, me and my girlfriend. And she looks up off the, off of her phone and looks out the window and says, Hey, Dusty, there is a demon right in front of us. He's about eight feet tall. He like the he looks like a minotaur, except his top half is extremely human. And so, did he have like, the horn, the like minotaur style horns? Then is that is that kind of what you're getting at? I can't remember what my girlfriend said. I think so, but I don't don't want to say yes a hundred percent just because I haven't talked to her about it for a while. But so. She's, she says that to me. I was like, well, let's just, let's just leave. We're, we're, let's just go. Okay. So we left. And then the next day we decided to go back during the daytime to see if, you know, if like anything weird happens during the day and we go there during the day and we're walking down the trail and we make it past where we've always gotten stopped. And as I, we keep walking, we come to this bend and I look at this tree and it's an old tree, but it looked like it was struck by lightning and it's just cut in half. And on when I was looking at this tree, my girlfriend goes, don't, no, don't go over there. Do not go over there. And I was like, okay, okay, I won't go over there. Let me just, let's just keep walking, see if we, you know, pick up anything weird. So we keep walking. She hears women screaming, women arguing men arguing, just a bunch of chaos. And then we get to this other bend and this, this, these two women and their horses were coming towards us because horses go on this trail. And as the horses get close to us, they both rear up like something's wrong. And we're like, mm, that's not good. Why, why, would the, why would a horse do that right in front of us? So we were just spooked out about that. So we kept walking and she keeps hearing women arguing, screaming, men arguing, just a bunch of bad shit. Was it in English? That's kind of a weird question, but just like for the sake of like knowing if it's something that may be more physical versus something that's a little bit more ghostly, like was the language like off? Was it in different language? Did it sound weird? Did it literally sound like people were physically like there in front of you speaking English? 
it sounded like people were like there right in front of us speaking English, but like she couldn't see, like there were no, you know, living people around us. It was just all like, like we're like, she was like, where the fuck are these people? Like, where are these voices coming from? Because there's nobody here. So we just assumed it was paranormal. And we keep walking down this trail and it gets, this part was like really spooky for me. Cause I've never seen this happen before. Now we're about maybe 200 yards into this trail. This is a huge fucking trail. Like this is really, really big. And as we're walking on this like straightaway where it's just like weeds that are maybe about to like, I'm six, two. So like maybe my knee. So like a few, a couple feet off the ground, a couple feet high. And there's this couple that is walking towards us, a man and a woman. The man is in front and the woman is behind. The woman, they both pass us, but the woman stops like 45 degrees behind me. And she looks at both of us dead stopped and says, don't go any further. And we're like, well, what what are you talking about? What's going on? She's like, don't go any further. And then her voice like, sped up again and said, there is a puddle around the bend. Just don't go in there. Like my husband stepped in that puddle and his foot is all wet. And now we have to go home. I was like, that's weird because my girlfriend looked at his foot and it wasn't wet. Both of his feet were completely dry. And she told me that afterwards. So we're, I was like, that was really weird. Cause like the entire time she's talking to us, I was like, she's not real. There's no way she can be real. Like, this is weird. Like, why would you stop 45 degrees behind me and not tell it to me when you see me? Like, did you get you that know, like, like uncanny valley kind of feeling at all? Like, during the actual like interaction? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck is this woman on? Like, she's not real. This can't be real. And as she walked away and me and my girlfriend started walking again, I was like, she wasn't real, was she? And she goes, I had a feeling she was. She was being used as a conduit. I said, I did too. Like, it was really, really weird. And then we keep walking after that and we come to the bend where this alleged puddle is at. It's not there. So we keep walking and eventually my girlfriend does step in a puddle, but it was like a hundred yards past where this woman allegedly said this puddle was at. And once my girlfriend steps in that puddle, we ended up turning back and this now starts to pick up again. And the entire time on our walk back, she's getting tripped. She's getting pushed. Just a bunch of bad shit is happening to her. And so as we start to exit the trail, I see that tree again. And I was just like, I told my girlfriend, I was like, hold on a second. Like, let me go look at it because it's just really, really weird. Why? Like this tree has been acting weird. And I go to this tree and I look at it. There's a hole that's like black charcoal, like hole in the middle of this tree that was just struck in half by lightning. And around the bottom, the base of this tree is like coals, like fresh coals from a campfire. And you can't camp on this trail. Like that's not allowed. The the park closes at 10. So I'm like, that's really weird. And I was like, this coal also looks like it's just been here, like maybe a couple days ago. It's like, this is really, really weird. And my girlfriend, I, 
this part's so funny. She's like off on the trail and I'm like 15 yards from her. She screams, don't touch anything. I was like, okay, all right, I'm not touching anything, okay? <laughs> and I run back to her. I was like, yeah, that's that's weird because you know, I explained what I saw over there to her. And then we made it to my car. And then that night we were like, well, let's go to the south side of this park because it's super, super huge. It was 400 acres and it's now split up into two different parks. So we were like, let's go to the south side, go to the south side. And we're like, maybe we'll see, you know, that demon there. If he, you know, if he's attached to this land, he should be over here. Well, we didn't see him, but there is this photo that I took. I think I might've shown it to you. I can't really remember, but there's this, I take a photo and there's this spirit, not, not a good spirit, like evil, evil as fuck. Even if you look at the photo, it's just like, oh, but he's peeking out at us around a tree. And so we decide, well, let's just take one of these trails and let's just see where it goes. Literally not even 10 yards into this trail. Stuff is growling at us. Um, we hear a girl screaming for her mom and then we just kept walking maybe another 10 yards and we look up and my girlfriend, I didn't see it, but my girlfriend like looks over at me cause like something's wrong. I could tell in her face, like she just saw something and she looks up and it's this, she tells me it's this person and is like just a black silhouette waiting at the end of like this tunnel of trees and I was just like, girl, I don't see anything. She's like, well, there's somebody down there. I was like, let's turn around. So we turned around, got in my car, went back home. That was the end of it. And I think we didn't go back for another week. And then we went back to the north side of the trail like a week later. And this is when I actually started to conversate with this demon. And by the way, don't fucking do that, okay? To the to the listeners, don't okay. Because now I have two of them in my fucking house. Okay. My question, I mean, because you said that this, you originally thought that this was Native American burial ground, and then you figured out that it wasn't, right? Mm -hmm. But was there some type of like Native history to this land uh, for sure that you know of? I couldn't find anything. I made that assumption because on the other side of my town in Apple Valley. Um, general, there's this general, his name was General Dodd. And there was a base near my house that ran straight to Fort Snelling. And that was like their main transport. And over in Shakopee, it, there's a lot of, there's a reservation for the Dakota. And they, it is, this is alleged. I don't know if this is actually true or not, but from my, but from my research, it said that there were, a group of native Americans that came over to where this base is located right by my house and they killed general Dodd. So this was like the closest out of like my area. This was the closest reservation where I think it could have been linked to, but I don't know officially, but there is a lot of like native American reservations around my town. And this one was the closest. So I just assumed that, maybe they went over and killed General Dodd. See, because my, my theory on it is that like demons are kind of like a hard thing where it's like, I feel like that term gets used a lot, 
but things aren't necessarily demons, but it's just kind of like something that a lot of people just kind of use as a title for like evil things. But if it comes to having like a Native American like background to this place, um, even if it wasn't necessarily a burial ground, but obviously there is some type of like anger for the Native Americans to like the white people that were in the area. So you hear about a lot of these like Native American curses and obviously like you're a white guy. I'm assuming your girlfriend is also probably white. So if there is any type of like Native American like protective spirits in this area, you know, they're going to come off as evil to you guys because they have that same idea of, you know, like white people are the enemy kind of a thing where mm-hmm. it may not necessarily be like a demon, so to speak, but possibly some type of like a Native American curse or like a Native American like protective spirit. And it's just kind of profiling you guys and it's giving off that fear to try to get you guys out and away from the area. So it's coming off as a demon, but again, it may be some type of like a, like Native American forest spirit or protective spirit or some type of something linked to a Native American curse. But that's, that's just kind of the impression that I've kind of gotten so far at least. Yeah, that, that could, that could be it. Um, my girlfriend, the reason like my girlfriend can see all this stuff is, she is very, she's a technic, she, well, not technically, she is a psychic medium. And her, fa- like, my girlfriend's half Puerto Rican and half white. And so she gets most of her, um, like, quote unquote, witchcraft and that whole aspect from her Puerto Rican side. Bruja? So, uh, possibly. I don't know. I'll have to ask her. It's basically just the Spanish word for witch in all fairness, but you know, there's always like the ancestral brujas and usually it's like people's Mm -hmm. grandfathers or grandmas or whatever are like brujas and that's how they end up learning a lot of this like witchcraft type of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even, they said that in, have you ever seen Ash versus Evil Dead? Oh, of course. Evil Dead's my like all time favorite fandom. (laughs) I loved the Netflix TV show that they did about it. Oh, that wasn't even Netflix. That was a uh, Showtime, I want to say, and then they put it on a Netflix. Okay, yeah, but yep. yeah, because I, I ended Netflix. up buying all three of the seasons before they put it on the Netflix. But that side trail, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so after, where did I leave off with? Uh, talking to this thing that you're you're okay. giving them a warning about not talking to this thing. Yeah, yeah. So we st- one night I went there. And me and my girlfriend and I, like, I can't hear him. I can't hear what he says. I'm, even though I do have some gifts, I am not as gifted as my girlfriend. So I can sometimes hear things and I can sometimes see things. She can hear and see things all the time. So we go to this trail and I just sit there parked. I back my car up and I'm just parked there, just waiting for him to pop up. And he eventually pops up. And I start talking to him. I was like, so why, why does everybody die here? Like, what's, what's the whole gist? And he goes, he's like, you don't need to know. I was like, how long have you been here? And he says, I've been here for basically all eternity. He said, I've been here for a really, really long time. And then I asked him like, what's my name? And to, and he said, spit it out word for word to my girlfriend, my entire name. And I can't remember other shit that I said. I know there was a whole fucking conversation about it, but oh, I asked him like, why, how can you keep everybody, all the souls here? He's like, I call them home. Like this is their home. And then he looks over at my girlfriend and my girlfriend word for word said to me, he is looking at me right now, like doing the come here finger 
saying, time to come home. And then I was just like, well, we're done. Let's just go home. So went home. And then literally as I got home, I was like, maybe we should go back because I have a Ouija board and we could fuck around and see what happened. And she was like, perfect. I'm already going to say that sounds like a fucking awful idea. (laughs) (laughs) So I get the Ouija board and I come back and I, we get, well, hold on, let me back up, get the Ouija board. Then we go back to the trail. And once we get back to the trail, um, I asked like, Hey, can I use the Ouija board? And he goes, yeah, but I am not responsible for whatever happens to you. And I looked over at my girlfriend. I was like, nope, not doing it. She's like, I agree. So we ended up not doing it. I'm glad that you and guys then, didn't end up doing it because for all the yeah. listeners that aren't familiar with the idea with what happens with the Ouija board, you can't, you're not necessarily calling on anything in particular. You can try to call on something in particular, but it doesn't work that way. It's almost like playing like chat roulette without having a camera on like anything, anybody in anything can say that they're anything that you want to say. So if you say like, you want to call your grandma, anything can show up and say, hi, I'm grandma. And the even weird part about it is that the fact that they talk through the letters on the board so it's like you can't even necessarily tell who you're talking to based on like a voice or anything. You're literally just interacting through strictly just letters. It's almost like having like a like a random chat on the internet and having to believe that that person is who they say they are. Like you have no judge of standard on who the fuck they are. So just a forewarning out there to anybody that wants to fuck around with a Ouija board. You can think that you know what you're doing. You can think that you're calling out something particular, but you are not. And just an extra side note that apparently is also in the original Ouija board directions, never have a mirror uncovered near you when you're using a Ouija board. Because for anybody, again, that isn't familiar with woo-woo shit, uh, mirrors are considered considered portals into whatever other world these things are coming from. So just a couple warnings, just had to take the chance to do it because Ouija boards come up on the, in conversation, but anytime they do, I just like to throw that warning out because everybody says, Ooh, a Ouija board sounds fun, especially hearing stories of people interacting with these things. But you know, you got to be safe about what you're doing. <laughs> Not only that, but there are like 30 different fucking rules that you need to fo- that you need to follow. And it's just, you're essentially like we, summoning. Like, let's just yeah. call it for what it is. Yeah. And it's like you said earlier, it's just Omegle without a fucking camera. Like, you don't know. Well, and without the weird porno shit that they do on Omegle. But I mean, that, that there are some stories when it comes to Ouija boards <laughs> of them having some weird sexual encounters. And just to throw one out there, uh, Tom from Strange Brew talks about a story when he was fucking with a Ouija board and he was a teenager. And he basically claims that there was a ghost that, uh, try to do some stuff to him while he's sleeping. But yes, that, 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 that the sexual parts are still involved when using a Ouija board, depending on what you're pulling from it. <laughs> that is, yeah, yeah. I guess I never had any weird sexual encounters with a ghost. The only difference is, on the internet, nobody's touching you. <laughs> that is true. That is true. You might come across a dude jerking off and then quickly swipe by, but other than that... <laughs> can't swipe by a ghost. You can't even swipe them away. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. But so we didn't use the Ouija board. And then this is the. Oh, I hate this. It, it makes my skin crawl when I say it. But because I think this is the one it's either the this guy or it was one behind the tree that attached itself to me. And as me and my girlfriend are talking and I'm not I'm just not really asking him any questions. He budges in and tells my girlfriend He's like, hey, the one over there 
wants to play with you. And then my girlfriend looked and it was this evil just entity that was, you know, like the ranch rails where it's like one top rail and then a middle rail and then a bottom rail with like no fencing in between the rails. Yeah. It's like one of those. It's one of those fences and he's sitting on the middle wrong, according to my girlfriend, and he's swinging his legs. And I was just like, whatever, fuck him, whatever. And so I start talking to my girlfriend again. And then like maybe five minutes later, she's just cut me off and said, we need to go and you need to roll up your window because that thing is five feet from your car. So roll up my window and just go home, say our goodbyes and say, you're not allowed to follow us head home. And that was that. And haven't been to the trail since, but it, the story doesn't stop there. So we were, um, one night we just got back from doing a run on an asylum that was in Rochester. And I'm just going to throw this out here now, man, with all the shit you do, you really need to look into some like hardcore, like protection shit. Like oh. I'm just being a hundred percent honest with you, man. Cause like even just telling the spirit to like go away, like at this point, with all the shit you're fucking with, man, I feel like you need to do, do a little bit more. Just to, just to protect yourself. And I'm just looking out for you and trying to tell you it straight up, man. Like, I don't want to hear anything bad happening to you. Like, take your precautions. Like, for real, man. <laughs> well, see, because of this story, this shit bit me. So. It takes one time and then you learn. And then after that, like going yeah. forward, like you, you overprotect yourself. Because I, I, that's, that's how I was. <laughs> yeah. People don't understand. People think it's a game until you get one attached to you and then you find out from a psychic medium who's well liked and well versed in our community that she comes out and says that there's actually another one in your basement and now you have to battle these things for three fucking weeks straight and they still don't want to go away like People don't realize you have to be very, very careful when you're fucking with this shit because now you're like me and now you have two of them in your house and they can bring in more at any fucking time they want. And they are now pissed off with me, like extremely pissed off with me for cleansing the house once two weeks ago when I was told all of this shit. So yes, these guys are very, very mad at like, just, I hate them. I want them gone, but I can't get rid of them. So after that night at the that day at the asylum, we get back home. I'm really fucking tired. I take a nap. And while I was taking the nap, my girlfriend was watching something on Netflix in my room. And my closet door handle started jiggle like violently, she told me. I didn't hear it. So when she when I woke up and she told me that, I went and looked in my closet. And I saw, well, not me, my girlfriend, saw on the top shelf in my closet, there was this thing, this evil entity just crouched and it was just like not speaking. I couldn't get it away. And she was just like, yeah, no, like he's not good. And we have three little ghost children that follow us around and they cower, they would cower every time time I opened my closet door. So 
I ended up like just forgetting about it. I was like, you know what, whatever. And it just doesn't really phase me. I didn't know he was evil at the time until about four weeks ago when I genuinely walked in and talked to him. Because one night, I think it was like two Mondays ago, my Annabelle movie poster sits right next to my bed. It just magically fell over. And I was like, there's there's something in here with me and it's fucking with me and I know it's fucking with me. So I waited a week till the weekend and my girlfriend was over and I said, hey, I'm going to go in there. I'm going to talk to that thing. Can you translate for me? And she goes, yeah, sure. So I go in the closet. I start asking questions like, where'd you come from? And she said it would just point at me. And I was like, are you attached to me? And it shook its head. Yes. And then I was like, are you evil? And it shrugged. Usually in my experience, nine times out of 10, a shrug means yes. So it shrugged at me. And then it said, then I asked, I was like, do you want to hurt me? And it shrugged again. And I was like, okay, I need to call somebody. So my friend from the red pill cartel, Davey Wavy, awesome guy, got me in contact with Vicky aka born awake born awake oracle i think that's her instagram handle forgot but she gets on the phone with me on a sunday and she's like yeah there's something evil in your closet and it fucking hates you i was like well like how did it like okay like give me the rundown on how these things attach to you like why did it choose me and she's like there's two reasons one you're either extremely negative or two, you're really, really positive. And I'm extremely, I'm an extremely positive person. And she's like, that's probably why it attached to you. So I was like, well, fuck, great. This is just awesome. And then she said, there actually might be a second one in your basement. And I was like, oh, great. Let's just fucking throw two at me. And she's like, but that second one in the basement's not attached to you. She was like, that's been there for a while. I would either say before that house was built or somebody brought it into your home. I was like, well, just awesome. So she's like, I am not fully tuned in. Um, I'm going to let you guys go. I'm going to give you guys everything that you're going to need to battle this thing. And she said, the day that you're going to do it, light a black candle for two hours. That sucks away all the negative energy. And then she said, also after that, light a, a white candle and that like will be for protection, joy, everything. And she's like, when you do this, say the Lord's prayer over everything that you touch. That's for this spiritual thing. And she also said, and then set your intentions in you, what you want this object to do. So I do all that. And then she's also like, go get rose quartz, go get black tourmaline, put salt in a bowl under your bed and in the closet and then she said, you're going to have to light incense and get sage to cast this thing out. And then she's like, also, you're going to have to do seven spiritual baths, like in a row. You can't take a break. You have to do them in a row. And she's like, what you're going to need for that is a full lemon, um, a teaspoon of black pepper, and a cup to two cups of salt. Throw it in the bath, say the Lord's Prayer, and then hop in, stay in for 10 minutes, but no longer than 20. 
So I do that for seven days. And then I go in to fight this thing on a weekend, on a Sunday. But that entire week while I was doing the whole fucking spiritual baths and just getting ready, that Sunday after the phone call, she, I went to, not she, I went to the gas station and my girlfriend calls me frantically saying, there is this bird that keeps flying into the window that's next to the stairs just over and over again. And I was like, fuck, that's not a good sign. That's really not a good sign. I get home from the gas station and we're watching, what is it? Pirates of the Caribbean. It was either Pirates of the Caribbean or Harry Potter. Can't remember. <laughs> but then, then we hear three knocks on the glass on my front door. Just quick. Just, and I was like, oh, that's not fucking good either. And then I just, that night, kind of had a panic attack with what's every, with everything going on. So I called into work on Monday and then I woke up early because I was going to go to work and I was like, no, I'll just call out. So stayed up up until like 10, 11 o'clock in the morning. And then I went to bed, like took a quick nap and this demon decided to show itself to me in my dream. And that's another one of my gifts. I can, I get premonitions, like not just like one or two, but like three to four every single night. Like I can, it's just one of my gifts. And this thing came to me while I was taking my nap and it was laying, not laying, but it was like crouched on the side of my bed, looking up at me. It had blue and black ashy skin. It had the hair, like the long black hair, like the grudge. And it was wearing a white hospital gown that the patients have to wear. And it's looking at me, mouth smiling, eyes as yellow as the sun with really, really black, small black pupils. And I'm like, get the fuck out of my dreams. Like, this is something I take so serious, my dreams, because it's just like, it's a little movie in my, like, while I'm going to bed, like, it's perfect. Like, it's my thing. And I was like, get the fuck out of my dream. I don't want you here. And it left. And then I woke up. And then I went to the downstairs to get something from the pantry. And this thing, well, not this thing, but like I saw an apparition from the pantry float all the way across my counter in the kitchen. I was like, what the fuck? Like, I don't have time for this bullshit anymore. Like I'm done. I'm done with it. So Wednesday, Vicky calls again and she's just telling us about like spiritual stuff and just she's really kind of my mentor, me and my girlfriend's mentor when it comes to learning everything about the spirit world. And I have a side note, but I'll get to that after I say this. It's about the Warrens and how they're fake as fuck. But yep. So so we get on the phone with her and the entire time. Um, my girlfriend is hearing growling. Um, just she's seeing shit move. Like when I was in front, like when I called Vicky, I was in front of the glass sliding door that goes onto our deck. And she said, after I moved chairs, cause I had to grab a charger. She said that she saw a woman in a bride in a bridal gown, walk like float by right behind me. And then 
my girlfriend goes, yeah, I saw it too. And my, and Vicky goes, what kind of feeling did you get? And she said, extreme sadness. Like it was really, really sad. And Vicky goes, demons can disguise themselves as anything. Don't think it's, you know, some sad bride, like La Llorona that just, no, it's probably the demon just letting you know that it's listening. And so as we're conversating and talking about what to do and just learning a bunch of more stuff, she, um, my parents come home. So me and my girlfriend, we go upstairs and as we continue the conversation for like another hour and halfway through something leans up against the inside of my closet door. And she's like, yeah, no, it's listening. They're always listening. They know what, you know, they just know. And I forgot to mention this. I told the demon at the trail that I talked about (laughs) the trail story on your channel. And he was like, don't ever do that again. He's like, I hate that. And I was like, why? He's like, it's peaceful here and I don't want to bring anybody here. But anyways, so I was going to say, tell the name of the trail. But for the sake of your own safety, um, if anybody is curious about that information, I guess you'll have to go back to the first episode. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Also, another side note, please, if anybody like don't go to the trail. But if you do be careful, one thing. This is why I'm kind of nervous. This is why I've always been nervous about telling this story after I've conversated with this demon. If somebody goes there and tries cleansing the land and banishing whatever the fuck it is, you know where it's going to come? Straight to me. So. Say, depending on, I guess, the type of banishing that they're doing. That is true. So, unless really, but. Really, really skilled, and you know, it's not come and attached to me. Hold up, hold up a second. Hold on a second. Your as soon as you said it's going to come to me, your entire camera went fuzzy, and your face is like completely black, and it looks like uh like you're wearing like a mask. Now your camera just went out. It's been like perfect connection this no whole fucking, fucking time, right. dude. Dead ass. Bro, that scares the living shit out of me. Are we still recording? Yeah, we're still recording. Trust me, dude. I've, <laughs> dude, my, I'm, I'm freaking out now a little bit because I've been talking about oh, this thing for God. fucking ever about demons in the system, dude, and them being able to connect through like electronic devices. And it's always like mm-hmm. people listening to podcasts, man. You hear people say this kind of shit all the time, but when you are actually doing a podcast and you see that there's specific times when you mention shit that this kind of stuff happens. It's it, 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 the first time, whatever, it might be coincidence, but if there's a continuous trend of every single time you mention specific things that this kind of shit happens, like it brings a whole other weird light to it. Like anybody that's been listening to the show since the beginning has seen all the weird times when this happens and you know exactly what I'm talking about. And if you don't know another one, perfect example, go back to the episode. Uh, we're talking about the replica app, the demons in the system and see how many tech issues we had. And we mentioned specific things at certain times. Did you see... Uh, like 15, 20 minutes ago, there was a thing that floated from right here all the way down here in front of me. I did not see that, but I picked it up. So your camera just went back on though. And now I can see your face again, but dude, when it was, oh, when it went is. all black, it wasn't like normal, like pixelation. Like you, your whole head almost looked like the best way to describe it is like those old black executioner masks. That's, that's literally oh. what it looked like on camera. Oh bro. That makes me get bro. After you, when you cut me off, I literally got my stomach dropped because I knew what you were about to say. My stomach dropped. I got really, really warm. 
and I got extreme goosebumps because I knew what you were about to say and it fucking terrified me. Dude, your audio was cutting out. Now you're crystal clear again. Really? Yep. Oh, that's so fucking That was part of the reason why I was cutting you off because you were talking and it sounded like you were gargled underwater for a second there. Oh, that's so fucking... Oh, I hate that. Um, Where did I leave? So where did I leave off with? Uh, <laughs> I, I just got completely sidetracked off that shit. You told people not to go to the land and try to banish this thing because it'll come directly mm-hmm. to you and then that's when the camera started cutting out. Okay, so let, I'm going to fast forward a little bit to try to get back on track and talk about what happened when we banished it. So we ended up, you know, she told us to look under like sage, everything, every room, every cabinet, the fridge, the freezer, everything. So we did that. The one thing we forgot to do was my attic because it is sealed off. Like you can't get into it. And so we, my girlfriend side jump from my closet to my brother's closet to the bathroom and then it vanished. And the one, when we went into the basement, that one vanished too. Well, come to find out three nights ago, well, yeah, three nights ago on Saturday, me and my girlfriend get home from going to the gas station and we see one spirit walking back and forth in front of my garage. We see two walking on my roof, walking back and forth in front of my brother's room. And we tell Vicky this and she said, yeah, I didn't leave. They're both up in the attic. And I was like, fuck. You said that you Which saged is, the house? Yeah, we saged the entire house except the attic because we can't get into it because it's sealed off with all the plaster and everything. I was going to say, just to throw in again, because we are talking about this story and I like to take the opportunity to tell people how to protect themselves properly from this kind of shit. When it comes to saging, uh, I learned how to do it from my grandma who was Cherokee. And what you're supposed to do is... Again, I'm sure you know this now, including the attic, but when you're when you do it, you're supposed to basically make a trail from one end of the house and continue out the door, but you're supposed to make sure that you hit basically every aspect of the house and the whole idea is that essentially you're making a smoke trail that makes these things leave out the door. And if you don't if you sage and you don't actually end it by walking out of the door, then you're not actually making these things leave. You essentially just saged your house for no reason. It's an important step to make sure that you leave with the smoke at the end because that's completing the trail to get them out of the house. And of course, again, make sure you hit every corner of the house because if there is an area of the house that it doesn't hit, then they're not getting trailed to leave out. They're going to go to the area where there wasn't any sage. And that's exactly what happened with your attic because I feel like there's a huge issue that a lot of people have is that they'll sage their house. They think they did it properly and they'll miss these weird little crucial corners of their house. And that's where these things always seem to hide. And more often than not, if they're smart, they'll sit and hide and wait. And as soon as you get comfortable again, then that's when they show back up again because they know what they're doing because then they can instill that fear again and then they can suck that energy out of them out of you because essentially all of these things are some form of like an energy vampire. I mean, possibly different species of it, but essentially all some form of an energy vampire. Yep, and that's exactly what happened. We thought we hit everything except the attic because we knew we couldn't get up in there. And that night was the night that it decided to reappear again. Because my girlfriend accidentally called a coconut head and it shot through my brother's window and now is in my brother's room. 
And they both, according to Vicky, they both want my brother. So, just a side that, note: yeah, Is your yeah. brother younger than you? Yeah, he's twelve. Okay, yeah, that's that's what I figured. I just I just want to be sure to throw that in. Of course, they're going to go for the uh, one that they probably see as an easier target, and in turn, mm-hmm. they're instilling more fear in you because it's one thing to be fearful for yourself, but it's another thing to be fearful for a family member, and that's creating a whole other new form of energy that I'm sure these things are feeding off of because it's not just a normal fear; it's it's like a family fear. Yeah. Yep. And. That night, um, after we noticed it, it was late at night and I was like, I'm tired. I'm going to, I'm just going to go to bed. And she's like, I'm going to record my episode and I'm going to go to bed. She's like, okay, cool. I'll just leave now. So she left, record my episode, lay down in my bed. I'm ready to go to bed. I'm just like eating Cheez-Its in my bedroom. I get the most intense stomach fucking pain that I've ever had. It was awful. Okay. And like to the point where you want to throw up, but you can't, you feel it in your throat, but you just can't throw up. So I was just like, well, what the fuck do I do? I was like, you know what? I'm going to go for a drive. I'm just going to, you know, see if that helps. It was two 30 in the morning when I went for the drive and it didn't go away. So I text Vicky, like I'm freaking the fuck out, like full on panic attack. Don't want to puke. Don't want like, just can't just don't want, just don't want to. And she's like, say the Lord's prayer. And I started to say it halfway through. I was like two seconds away from puking. So I stopped and I just said it in my head the entire time. And I was, then she also said, Hey, go get your sage and sage yourself. And I was like, okay, cool. I'll go get my sage. And so I drove around. I got maybe back to my house at four. And then ran inside, grabbed the sage because I know it smells and I didn't want to stink up my room. So I drove around in my car with this sage and saged myself. I instantly felt almost better, but I was just like, I'll drive around for another little bit and just sage myself the entire time. I accidentally forgot to say like a couple things. While I was driving around, because this trail, this property was 400 acres, so it's big. And I drove through this part of the trail that is a highway. My stomach stopped hurting when I went through that trail. And it was just, it was just weird. It was this whole weird thing that was just happening. And right after we cleansed the house the first time, I got a dream that night that I had to explain to my mom that we have to resage everything. And she was asking me why. And I said, because they came back and I was hoping, I was hoping that maybe it was just a dream and I was just rattled from, you know, everything that I did that day. It, yeah, it was just really, 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 really eerie. And for people that are like, Oh, does it really work? And stuff like that. Yes. When I, after I, we cleansed our house, I was editing my video and I got nauseous and I could feel this thing detaching from me. And Vicky was like, yeah, it's, it's not attached to you anymore. But she's like, when you were getting all those stomach pains, like last Saturday night, she's like, it was trying to reattach itself to you. And then on Sunday, I asked my girlfriend, I was like, can you look just to see if like it's attached to me? She's like, no, I don't see anything that's weird about you. She's like, your energy is off today. I was like, that's probably because of this whole 
four-hour battle that I had to go through with this thing. And now this weekend, we're about to cleanse it again and get everything out of here because I'm just not... I'm just not fucking with it. And Vicky told me this time, get holy oil and throw that on every room. Like make a cross with it on every room in the house. And she's like, do it on the on the sealed attic door. Hopefully this will get it out. Started lagging out as soon as you started saying that part again. And now your face is starting to black out again. So fucking weird. Like I said, dude, it's always specific times. When you start talking about banishing these things, or you start talking, and any, it was literally what you were talking about last time was banishing it, and then the same thing happened again. So it means that, again, for people that do believe in this kind of stuff, because I know there's some people out there that are doubters, but you talk about banishing something. I mean, just think about the idea about somebody, you tell somebody they're about to get evicted from their house. There's some type of energy burst from them being angry internally. So why would it be any different from these dark spirits where if you're essentially talking about evicting them from their house, of course, there's going to be an influx of energy from them because it's out of frustration and anger. So every single time you mention that phrase, they're building up frustration. Mm -hmm. If you get a chance, after this, send me a screenshot because I want to see. Hold up, it just lagged out again. Re repeat the last thing you just said. Um, Send me a screenshot of my face going warpy. Oh, dude, I was literally about to take a picture of it because it was just doing it again. If it does it again, I'll get a picture of it. But if not, it is recorded on the video too. Sweet, because yeah, I want to see, see what you're talking about. But yeah, and that's it. I, I don't, it's creeping me out, so let's just... Another topic. How about the... <laughs> Just an added thing I want to throw in here, though, for uh, personal protection, um, considering that you've been talking about a lot of uh, like biblical ways to banish these types of things. Um, one thing that I've heard as far as protection goes, uh, if again, you're kind of going down that more biblical route, is uh, dead, sea, dead Sea salt in a necklace is supposed to be a really good personal protection because that's, you know, where the Dead Sea Scrolls are found. There's a, there's a lot of... Uh, power in that sea in that area of the world in that land but specifically like dead sea salt is supposed to be like you know like spiritual salt on like steroids so I've, there's some people that sell them online I'm sure um, but if you can find some authentic dead sea salt in a necklace or even if you can just buy it and put it in a necklace I highly recommend uh, you do that to just have an extra piece of personal protection and if you can even better yet if you can find somebody that blesses it even better, even, even, even stronger steroids, essentially at that point. Yeah. See, I got my tourmaline necklace. That's supposed to be for protection and everything like that. I'll wear that constantly, but it's, just I mean, multiple routes, man. Sometimes you got to have multiple means of protection when it comes to that. That's more of like, a, uh, I don't want to say like a biblical spiritual, it's, it's, it's more like a spiritual, like, like pagan kind of belief kind of a thing for lack of better terms, you know, like, like more of like a pagan religion type thing. But if you're trying to attack it from all angles, um, I would definitely add that also because I mean, it's one of those things that it's like every different culture has their different backgrounds and ideas of protection. And, you know, there's some truth to all of them. So you might as well combine as many of them as you can and make sure that they're not something that counteracts each other and just double up, man. But tourmaline and dead sea salt, highly recommended because yeah. that's covering from the two angles that you're kind of attacking it from, which is like the, you know, sp 
I don't want to even want to say necessarily pagan because like the saging thing is like a Native American thing too, which isn't really like a pagan religion, but I guess it's you know like a like an earthy religion in a way. Um, but yeah, definitely come at it from the two angles that you are seemingly attacking this at. So go from that angle and from the biblical angle. So dead sea salt. I keep saying that, but don't forget that. I'll I will yeah. I'm gonna have to see if I can get some of that because I'm fucking sick and tired of these things. I know I had somebody on the show at some point uh, that does have that and does sell that. Um, after the show, I'll double check over it and figure out who it was, and then I'll send you their information because I think that they actually sell them in like capsules for necklaces um, on their on their website. Okay, cool. Because yeah, I'm would definitely invest in that because I don't ever want this shit to happen again. That's and- why at this at this point, I'm almost done even going on ghost adventures and stuff like that. Like, I don't want to go do this anymore. That's so bad it got for me. I wouldn't build up at the moment, at least. I mean, like, you know, you don't necessarily have to take it off completely, but at least for like the time being, it's like, you don't need that extra added energy from anything else or, you know, something essentially trying to fight for grounds. Um, where if you go somewhere else and there's some other attachment then this thing also is attached to you and then you have these things battling over being attached to you, like mm-hmm. at least for the time being until you know this thing is permanently gone, I I wouldn't even recommend necessarily doing any of that stuff either. But I'm not saying to yeah. stop completely, but you know, just at least be cautious for sure. And just because I'd feel bad if I didn't say it, um, after we finish this show, man, I'm, I know I'm going to end up saging this area because I do believe that these things are able to travel through electronic frequencies. So, you know, we're connected through the internet, even though we're mm-hmm. hundreds of miles away from each other, there's still an instant connection through that network. Um, but I, again, wanted to throw out, do whatever you got to do to try to protect yourself. Uh, say the Lord's prayer before bed, um, puts a new thing of salts underneath your bed. Uh, whatever you got to do, sage your room in particular, um, whatever you got to do, do, do something because if you're already having issues or every time you talk about banishing these things that like we keep having tech issues, like protect yourself, man. Cause I, I would feel yeah. bad if you had any more of this story get added on after we have this conversation today. <laughs> yeah. I feel like for Vicky, bro, she like, this is what she deals with every single day. I couldn't do it. There's no fucking way I could do it with what she deals with and what she sees. No fucking way. Say I have a couple people too that I'll, I'll give you their information. You may want to connect with because, like I was saying, multiple angles. Um, it's always good to get different uh, professionals. Well, you know, as professional as you can be, I guess, in this field's uh, opinions. So I got a couple other people that I'll throw at you that you know maybe at least reach out and kind of see what they have to say. Maybe come at it from different angles, try different things, try combinations of all the things they say. Um, but yeah, I got I got a couple of people that I want to pass pass over to you. Okay, perfect. I would I would really really like that. <laughs> Cause yeah, I'm just, I'm done with all this bullshit. It's just fucking stupid. But yeah, that's so far. That's the trail story. That's what I've got. And yeah. Say I'm still, I mean, of course there is some type of dark tie to this thing. Um, me personally, like like I said, demons kind of like a hard thing because I don't think that that's necessarily anything that's even necessarily like truly defined. It's more so just like a title that we put on things but I'm still kind of getting the like energy and vibes of like uh, some type of just like na- pissed off, like nature spirit or like evil woodland spirit or so- something that attached itself from that land in particular. But there's a lot of things that'll masquerade as a demon because there's power within words. But I don't think that it's very common that people actually interact with a demon, so to speak. 
But I mean, that doesn't say that there's not hundreds of different types of trickster beings that also kind of interact the same way as demons. It's, it's a hard influx, man. There's so many different things that fit so many different categories and they all bleed over into each other that it's like gotten to a point where it's like hard to exactly like place stuff because even within those defined names, man, I mean, I feel like there's different cultures that'll call things different names, but they're realistically the same thing, but we define them separately just because of the name given to them by the culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you. But definitely, I mean, some form of like a trickster being in some way, shape, or form. That's kind of kind of what I gear towards. What type of trickster demon in particular? Not 100% sure, but 100% some, some type of trickster being. Yeah, but... See, I think I'm on to something, if you can hear me, because it's literally doing it again. And I just got a picture of the blacked out face. So I'm about to text it to you so you can see it now. Okay. Yeah. But see, man, like talking about this thing being a trickster being starting to piss it off again, man. I think I'm onto something here. See, cause now your audio is out completely. If you're talking, I can't hear you, man. Really? Oh, just came back. That's fucking weird. Because watch, we're going to switch up subjects and there won't be one other issue the whole rest of the show. I can almost guarantee it. Well, you know, when I want, went to hop on um, White Rabbit with Catalyst on Monday, I've never had audio issues whatsoever. But right once we started recording, my whole audio was fucked and it sounded like I was a robot. It's because they don't want you to get the story out. That's what it is. They're interfering with the electronics. And I mean, even again, coming from the aspect of like, not necessarily even like a demon, but just anything ghostly. Like obviously these things interact with electronic frequencies. So if you're going to piss it off again, there's, there's an energy outburst that ends up happening, happening from these energy beings and what's going to get affected directly. It's going to be the thing that's the most delicate with electricity, which will be like devices like, you know, your microphone, your computer, or if it's even a little bit of an influx, you're, you're going to notice it. Your screen's going to get bright. It's going to dip out. It's going to do whatever. And I mean, just even throwing into the aspect too, of like trying to block the frequency, so to speak too. I mean, they could even be sucking energy out of the feed. And that could be why you experience some of these tech issues is because you're actually like losing power to the feed or losing power to your internet network. I'm looking at this photo that you sent me. It looks like my mouth is open wide screaming and my eyes have like skin like over them. Like I can't see, like I don't have eyes. Like instead of there's just holes there with like my skin. That is so See, doesn't it look like an executioner mask almost? That that was like what I was getting or like the thin black veil over somebody's face, which yeah, sounds it, creepy because that just me saying that sounded really fucking symbolic and occult. If, <laughs> if I was on your end and I saw that come through, I would have shit myself. You know, I'm used to this kind of shit at this point because it's like, I'll see some shit like that. And I'm just like, yeah, dude, that's not right. But I'm not freaking out because it's like. I'm used you as fucked up as it sounds used to seeing weird shit like that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so fucking creepy. Anyways. Um, and I also just special- to throw in another thing too. another thing that was happening was that you're, you're, it could be just be adjusting from like the camera itself, but I don't know if you can see it, but there's like a bright burst where your room will get really, really bright and then it'll get really, really dark. And it could be again that your camera is one that's trying to auto adjust or it, again, it could be, 
an inburst of energy in some way, shape, or form getting pushed into your electronic devices? I think it's my, um, uh, it like brightens up my screen when it does that too. So I think it just auto focuses. Yeah. That, that was what I was gearing towards. I just had to throw in all possibilities, of course. <laughs> no. Yeah. But, oh uh, yeah, no, I hate, mm-mm. I don't want to talk about that anymore. <laughs> I have another, I have another really cool little alien story. If you want to hear it. Absolutely. Especially with all of the, uh, weird alien phenomenon happening as of recently and the fact that it's getting brought into the light and it seems that more experiences are actually getting recorded and seen. Um, we, we can dive into all that wor- that afterwards, but yes, of course, I, I definitely want to hear this uh, alien story. So, um, like I said, how I can see things, like when I dream, I can see things from the future or I like stuff will come to me. You know, have you ever heard of those like little three foot interdimensional aliens that will come in through people's dreams and people will see them? Yeah, like the, the the small grays. Yeah, those guys. So I had a dream. One came to me in my dream and he was cute. He was just this little cute thing and I was holding him like a baby and he was wearing like this black robe with like the accents were like a glitter silver and he kind of had like a little bit of a Pope hat, but it wasn't didn't look like the Pope's hat and it was the same color as his robe. And I was just holding him and we were like, I remember bits and pieces of it. All I can really remember was that we were having this like really like interesting. It was just fun. Like we were just having fun with each other. And it was the weirdest thing that I've ever experienced. Are you currently at all following the weird stuff that's happening in Peru with the face peelers? No, I heard about it. Haven't looked into it yet. So (laughs) this is why I made this face at you. So the depictions that people are describing of these things, there's of course like the metallic suits that they see them in, which you kind of in a weird way described just now. And then the other way that they're describing these things that they're apparently seen wearing black hoods. And so for anybody that isn't familiar with like the face peelers and the stuff that's happening in Peru right now. So there's a village that's been getting attacked by these things that they're calling extraterrestrials. And the description again is that they're wearing like these metallic suits with these like red discs on the bottom of their shoes and they float above the ground. And then the other depiction of them is that they were pretty much the same thing, but with like black hoods on over it. And it's not just like, Oh, I saw an extraterrestrial. Like the first person that um, had an experience with these was a younger girl. And she had a bunch of like thrash cut marks on her neck. And there's supposedly more villagers that went missing. Uh, They call them the face peelers because they found, I think, I don't know if it was one or multiple bodies, but essentially the face was surgically removed from the skull where you could see just the white of the skull all the way back to the back of the scalp. And people were trying to say it was like piranhas and shit, but because they were found like on the edge of the river, but at least from, if you see these pictures, they're really hard to find online now because they're getting really scrubbed. Cause of course it's like a picture of a dead body, which, you know, it's beyond like the whole conspiracy aspect to that, that, you know, again, it's a dead body. Um, but it's, it's way too clean. It's, it's like a perfect like surgical incision cut. Um, and 
to the point where, okay, so these people are having these issues with this in this village to the point where they'll have like people standing out outside at night with like guns and different things trying to shoot at these things. They say that they're basically will like reflect the bullets. They don't get, they don't die when they get shot. Um, there's videos of these things, um, like off in the distance while these things are shooting at them. Uh, they even contacted the Puerto Rican, not Puerto Rican, the, uh, Peruvian Navy and the Peruvian Navy got involved. And of course there's always like the government cover up aspect where they're saying that these are like miners that are trying to scare these people out of their land so that they can mine in the area. But last time I checked, uh, you know, minor ba- or minor bandits essentially don't have hover boots. So that's just completely out of the fucking question for me, especially seeing these weird videos and shit like that. But if you long story short, getting it back around to it, um, if you're seeing, so you say you see like premonitions of things, uh, just kind of weird that you essentially described possibly a baby version of what people are currently seeing in Puerto Rico. And uh, there's another researcher um, for anybody that listens to Blurry Creatures, uh, Tim Alberino. He's been talking about how he thinks that the alien scene in the Las, in the whole Las Vegas incident and the ones in the, in the, uh, Peru incident are the same beings. So if that's the case, these things are starting to be get seen in multiple places around the world. And if you're seeing them in your dreams, maybe it's something that's inciting something that's going to happen. Or if this happened before all this shit, it saw something that is happening. And then again, you have the quick flip on this shit where it's like, all right, are we actually getting to a point now where we can't hold back this UFO stuff because everybody has cameras, everybody has everything. And these things are actually here now and they've been here or they're just coming now. Or is this a line set up to basically fake a UFO invasion uh, using advanced government technology that people aren't aware of so that they can do that whole mass formation idea? Because I mean, there, there's been presidents in the past who have talked about this whole idea that the only way the world is ever going to unite is if there's some type of extraterrestrial um, force that comes onto us. There's no way to unite everybody on the planet as is. You're going to need some type of outside force. So one world government buildup, possibly. Extraterrestrials are here, possibly. I don't know, man. I'm keeping my options open, but weird all the same. All full circle here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like I talked to, because my girlfriend has also seen something similar but she actually saw it while she was awake and she just saw it like walk in and then walk out. Like it was just going from one dimension to another. And Vicky was doing, Vicky was doing the same. Vicky told me the same thing. And I was like, so are these things evil or cause my experience was like, you know, it was okay. And she was like, they can be evil or they can be nice. You just have to hope you come across a nice one. It's the same as people, man. It's, not that everybody's the same as a species. It all depends on the individual motivations of each particular thing or each particular tribe group, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. And just to throw this in here, um, for anybody that isn't familiar with like what the, uh, I guess the government term for grays is it's J rod. So if in your premonitions, in your dreams, anything like that, you see J rod, um, let me know. Cause that'd be extra fucking weird. (laughs) I will. I will. I've never, I've never heard of that term before. Yeah. That's uh, any weird government documents you start looking into that involve grays. Uh, they always use the code name J rod. And now that podcasters are starting to say that out loud on the shows, I guarantee they're going to switch to a new room, new term. But currently, uh, as far as I know, the government UFO term that they've been using in government documents is J rod. 
That's crazy. That's great. Does what does J Rod stand for? Is it like an acronym? Uh, I actually haven't looked that far into it. Um, I'm actually I'm about to look that up now. Um, but I feel like that might be one of those things that's kind of hard to find like the true definition for it on the internet. Because when you look up J Rod, there's so many other things that pop up because so many people use that as like nicknames. But that's part of like the whole thing is that they try to create stuff on the internet that when you search stuff, you end up finding that instead. Like prime example, uh, during World War II, there was the Foo Fighters, which are these weird UFOs that almost every pilot was talking about seeing. But now you look up Foo Fighters, and what do you find? You find the band. <laughs> you know, if they were smart, they would do A Rod because they just get Alex Rodriguez the entire time. I would say J Rod. I keep finding celebrities. I see uh, J Rodriguez. Like I, I'm getting a bunch of ba- like different sp- like sports teams. J Rod speedboats. Like there's a, there's a bunch of different terms that use that, and I think that's why they purposely use that is they don't want a specific term. Uh, because then everything's going to pop up exactly that. If they use like a kind of particular but vague term at the same time that pops up with a hundred other things, then it makes it hard to find the true definition. Because even if I look it up right now, I guarantee you it'll tell me why this fucking speedboat company is named J-Rod, not why aliens are named (laughs) J-Rods. Yeah, that's so funny. (laughs) But uh, yeah, I guess uh, continuing on past that, um, I know I wanted to cover a little bit of your true crime stuff. Um, and of course, all of this is, I, I don't even know where to exactly leave it at now. I feel like there's a lot more that needs to be said with it, but at this current time, we're kind of at like an ends of information. So that also being said, if there's more continuation of your dreams involving these extraterrestrials or of the, uh, trail story, um, I would love to continue it on in a further episode, but, uh, as of right now for all the listeners, so they don't question this hard cut off. Um, I guess this is kind of where we're at for the end of the information currently. <laughs> yeah, I haven't, I've got, that was my only experience so far. Maybe there'll be more um, just because, you know, I know curiosity killed the cat. And when it came to the trail story, curiosity definitely killed this cat. So there'll be, a, you know, after I get rid of it this weekend, there'll be more on that. But, and then hopefully maybe there'll be, I'll get more dreams about this whole extraterrestrial thing that's kind of floating around and the one that I got. So hopefully there will be. Yeah, definitely keep me posted. And maybe, maybe if something pops up, maybe it might hint to the next uh strange extraterrestrial event that's gonna pop up around the world. <laughs> maybe. That'd be interesting. That'd be really interesting. See you saw a baby all of a sudden like a cloning lab's gonna pop up that's been uh hiding underneath like some government facility or some shit. <laughs> Uh, it was really hi- hiding under the Twin Towers, and that's what actually caused 9-11. No, it was the extraterrestrials blowing up the towers because we were keeping their babies <laughs> in the basement. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, speaking of crimes, because that was definitely a huge fucking crime against humanity, and anybody listening to the show, I guarantee most of them kind of are along the lines of knowing that 9-11, there's a lot of fishy business with that. And even if you don't necessarily believe in the whole 9-11 conspiracy, there's still some questionable shit. And I'm sure that you want to, you're not going to admit it, but you're thinking in the back of your head. But uh, again, point being made, continuing on, uh, I wanted to kind of dig into some of the uh, true crime stuff that you cover to kind of spotlight some of uh, your bigger passions, kind of, I don't want to say moving into like a lighter version of the topic, but as far as like your mood goes, lighter version of the topic, even though it's still covering Mm -hmm. a dark topic. But uh, yeah, let's get into some of your favorite um, stories that you've covered as far as like the true crime stuff on your show. So I just want to come out and say, my favorite serial killer of all time is H.H. H. Holmes. 
I don't know why I've liked him so I don't know why I like him. He's just, you know, the whole crazy hotel thing that, you know, trap doors led into acid baths, just a bunch of weird shit. Like he's probably my number one. And I actually saw when I went to Chicago, I actually saw the alley where he would pick up his victims when the when the World's Fair was around when he started all of his killing. And that was really, really interesting because that same alley that he would pick people up at, if I remember correctly, was right next to a theater where it burned down in Chicago and people were actually jumping out of the like the windows and the stories and they were jumping out of the ground. A lot of them, you know, died because of that whole thing. But he's probably my number one. And my favorite case that I've probably covered so far was my Australian case. I forgot her name. I think it was something Knight. Her last name was Knight. I can't remember what it was. But long story short, what she did was, you know, she had just typical, you know, not she wasn't really a serial killer. She was just a killer. But she had that typical, you know, hard upbringing, the whole, um, you know, Parents didn't really love her. She was abused, all that stuff. And then when she became old enough, I can't remember if she was a prostitute or not, but she would was in and out of relationships and she just couldn't keep, she was just mean and to every boyfriend that she had and everything like that. And then one of her, her la- well, her last boyfriend, um, they had a huge fight. He ended up putting a restraining order on her and then one night after everything started to settle down, he didn't really, really care about the restraining order. And one night when she was over there with him and his daughters weren't home, she killed him, chopped him up, put most of his meat and everything of a human in this soup. She made the soup, ate it, and then she saved the leftovers for his daughters in the fridge labeled for each one of them. And then with whatever part of his body that she didn't use, she put the rest of his corpse on the couch, popped two Xanax, passed out on the couch next to her mutilated boyfriend, wakes up in the morning to cops barging into her apartment. And she is found next to him sleeping. She gets handcuffed thrown in jail. And that's probably the most interesting case that I ever covered. And there was actually a guy that at my old job, a little side note that killed his mom. And he actually worked with, not with us, not in the same department, but he was the department over and he actually killed his mom chopped her up, put her in like these little tote bins, put her, scattered her remains all across the fucking highway. And he was eventually caught and charged. And you're working with this guy. Like I'm assuming like before he got caught, right? (laughs) Oh yeah. 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 This was maybe a few months before he got caught. I didn't know him personally, but he worked at my work and he just was in a different department. And it was like the talk of the week, the entire fucking like. Everybody talked about it for an entire week. It was crazy. Dude, that's like fucking... They say that you like walk past like a serial killer every day or like some kind of psychopath like every day. And, you know, that's one of those ones where it's like you actually know for sure that you really did. (laughs) Yeah. 
Yeah, and just like, do you ever wonder, like, well, why didn't why didn't they choose me? Like, why didn't why why wasn't I one of their victims? Like, am I not good enough to be one of their victims? Not that you want to be one of their. I was going to say, I'm okay like, not being good enough to be one of their victims. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just like, why why not me? Like, I have tattoos, and so does my girlfriend. So Jeffrey Dahmer, he wouldn't want us. He would not want us at all, because he said tattoos make skin taste bad. Have you seen that on Netflix? No, I haven't actually watched that. But I was just going to say a side note, man. I feel like anybody that is a serial killer or some type of killer in any way, shape or form, if they actually follow into and check into like who their victims are before they actually go to go after them, I feel like one of the worst choices you could possibly do is go after a podcaster because if all of a sudden they just stop dropping episodes, there's going to be a bunch of people questioning where the fuck they went. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, especially if like if you're big like Joe Rogan, bro. If you just stopped uploading one day, I would be so concerned, dude. Even like if you have like a hundred listeners, man, like there's gonna be at least a handful of them that message you and start like looking like where the fuck did you go? What happened? You know? Yeah. Oh god. That. <laughs> oh, I would just. You know what? Now I might do that just to just to fuck around and see. I might just drop off the face one day of the earth and just see what comes about <laughs> yeah except now i'm gonna think that whatever the fuck's on this trail came after you no probably <laughs> probably you ain't got to worry about nothing in the flesh you're you're dealing with something that's beyond the veil yeah oh unfortunately <laughs> but oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah these like have you ever seen the like murder bilia sites no i don't think i have so if you're a psychopath and you want to buy some of your favorite serial killers merchandise that they made in prison or signed. You can buy it on these murder bilia sites and bro, they go for just insane amount, like crazy amount. Like I wanted to get like, so I covered the, um, the smiley face killer. I forgot his name, but he basically, um, murder. He was a trucker. He murdered prostitutes and he would, you know, sign like he would do he would tell his story of what happened on the bathroom stall at truck stops and he would sign it with a smiley face and i was like oh it'd be you know kind of like that's interesting i covered him but then i was like if i buy one of these things that basically means that i support what they did and i do not support what the fuck they did like i don't want to be associated with that whatsoever so I just was like, this is just weird. They had a, they had a picture of Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah, Jeffrey Dahmer on the day. You know that famous photo of him in his jumpsuit with his hand shackled mm-hmm. in the courtroom. They had a, they had that photo, that exact photo signed by Jeffrey Dahmer himself, and it was going for ten thousand dollars. <laughs> Not that I'm promoting serial killers in any way, shape, or form, but uh, I wonder if they get any money thrown into their, uh, what, what's the name for it? So that they can get all the food and all that shit, the extra stuff that's like in the store? Oh, um, what is it? Fuck. Begins with a C. Uh, it's commissary. Yes, commissary. Yep. <laughs> I wonder if they get anything in their commissary or if it's literally like some fucking security guard that's just like signed this shit or if it's just, again, some random ass person that's just signing shit and pretending like they are that person. So... If you watch, so we watched Dahmer, me and my girlfriend, the one with um, Evan Peters from American Horror Story. He plays Jeffrey Dahmer. And m- me and my girlfriend did some research on it to see like how accurate, accurate it was. And it was pretty accurate. 
people were sending him letters in jail, in prison, with money for his books, like to put money on his books for commissary and everything. And he, all they would ask for is a signature, and then they would just give him money. That's like, oh man, I don't get it. Like, of course, like I'm fascinated with like the mind of a serial killer because, like, some of them are fucking like super geniuses. The way that they conduct some of this shit. But by no means do I condone anything that they do. And I never quite got that whole like fangirl, fanboy thing of serial killers. Like you said, like you're into the stories, of course, but you're not like trying to like promote them. There's like yeah. people that like send love letters to these fucking people. Like, what the fuck happened to you where like you're into that? Like, what, what kind of issues do you have mentally where you think in any fucking world that you'd want to be the, the, like a serial killer? Like, I, I don't get it, man. Like, the obsession is like a whole other fucking level of just weird altogether. If you really break it down and think about it. <laughs> yeah. Have you, you know, well, everybody knows Charles Manson, but dude, there are people out there that think he did nothing wrong. Like he didn't orchestrate the whole murder that happened. Like that shit baffles me. I mean, Charles Manson, at least, is one of those people that's definitely linked to, like, MKUltra. Like, I think that there is, there's a lot more at work than what people see on the surface. They just see, like, the serial killer aspect of it. But I think there was, like, this whole push about trying to make all communes look like cults because they didn't want people to do commune living. And he was also helping with, like, the LSD research, trying to see, like, how you can manipulate people's minds to get them to do particular things. And then, like most fucking people that are in that position, you know, you're riding high and mighty for a while, but at the end of it, you're the government scapegoat, and the entire thing's going to collapse on you. Like, the same shit fucking happened to White Boy Rick. You help out the government, and as soon as, uh, you know, it starts getting to that peak point, it's going to collapse on your ass, and uh, you're going to be the full fucking scapegoat and blame. But, you know, for the time being, you'll have fun, you'll have money, you'll be able to do what you want to do, but as soon as fucking push comes to shove, it's all going to land on you. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's just... Who else did that have? Oh, did you? Fuck. I just had it in my head. Um, One of the f- women that was a part of the Manson murders just got released a few weeks ago, I think. Forgot her name. But one of the, yeah, one of the, one of the girls that did the killings actually just got released. And I just was like, Bro, California's too loose on this shit, okay? If you fucking murder somebody, you should get life. I mean, I'm not necessarily saying death sentence, but life, because in my opinion, at least, death sentence is an easy way out. You know, the only thing worse than a death sentence is having to live the rest of your life stuck in a cell knowing that you're not going fucking anywhere. So, I mean, like, I don't know. People are for the death sentence. I'm not for the death sentence because I feel like those type of people deserve to sit for the rest of their life and skew in their shit. And if you're giving them the death sentence, you're just giving them an easy way out. I mean... Maybe they go to hell. Maybe they get tortured forever. But that whole idea of spending 30 years just sitting in a room, not fucking knowing what's going to happen on the other side, I feel like is more torture for those people than anything. See, for me, I'm, I'm the same way. Like, if any one of my family members got killed and I was at, like, you know, the sentencing, bro, I would hop that fucking barrier and I would kill that person in a heartbeat. That's the only time I would ever want, like, that I'd be okay with it. Cause I would be fine taking a life sentence for that. I would not give a shit. Okay. You took one of my family members. I'm going to take yours. But also just like, I kind of want to see a rotten prison for, you know, a life like 50 to a hundred years. Like, 
in particular, bro, solitary confinement. They should never be able to have contact with anybody else and spend like 40, 50 years just sitting in a solitary confinement cell of only getting meals and not even being able to see the light of day other than outside of their window. Like that's some real fucking torture if you're trying to put one of these sadistic minds behind bars. Again, don't give them the easy out. Fucking keep them in a four by four room for 50 fucking years straight. <laughs> oh, and have them deal with that white noise for 23 hours a day and just their own thoughts. I would, that would be so torturous for me. Dude, there's some government torture methods where they just use particular songs, man. Like, I know one of them is that Friday song by, what was her name, Rebecca Black or some shit like that, dude. Oh, God. Just fucking outside of solitary confinement, you're just hearing, it's Friday, Friday. <laughs> oh, <laughs> That's God. some fucking torture, bro. And I think one bro, of the that- songs they used is uh, fucking, what's what's that Eminem song? It's, um... Lose Yourself? No, Without Me or something like that. Oh, yeah, with him and his daughter talking about his daughter. No, 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 wait. It's uh it's the one that's um the uh the uh, not Stan. It's um the one where in the video there's all the other M&Ms that look like him. The Real Slim Shady? Yeah, that's it. The Real Slim Shady. That's one of the songs they use for like torture. Where they'll play that shit on repeat for fucking days on end. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> that's so funny. Um do you think serial killers are born the way they are or are like you know the whole nature versus nurture what do you what do you think do you think they are born or they are how they are with how they grew up um they kind of base that on two principles i guess because realistically i think that every single person possesses the ability to kill when put in the proper situations and under the proper circumstances but i definitely think that there's different levels of things where there's people that have had some type of mental manipulation as a kid and they need to project it outward. Uh, there's people that have like repressed parts about themselves. So in turn, they want to attack it in others because they don't want that part of them to come out. And then on the other side of it, there's literally people that just like, just enjoy it plain and simple. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the people that enjoy it plain and simple probably never had that barrier in their brain of being pushed to that. They always were just hankering on it. Um, but then again, there's the people that are products of the situation. So I feel like that's a kind of a loaded question in the aspect of like, I think it's possible from all angles, depending on the person in particular. See, I'm one of those weirdos. And I believe like when I ask people this, I am one of those people that believe they are born the way they are because you already, if you're born that way, you already have like weird, like little hard drive or wire in your brain that's like might be suppressed and then the way that you grew up unlocks that so i think it's more of you're just born with it i mean it might be this particular level of like i said like if you dig into not just like the murderers the people that just go around like blindly killing people and get caught but the people that like intricately plan this shit out like they're fucking intelligent like a whole other level of intelligent so i don't know i feel like that's it's kind of a weird thing with that, that it's just like, maybe they do it because they are so intelligent. They know they can get away with it. And then that's one of those like personal moral questions where it's like, if you were intelligent enough that you knew you could get away with murder and there was somebody that you just really fucking had it out for, like, would you do it? And you know, that's, that's, that's not necessarily a question that I want to like ask anybody directly, but just, you know, like if put in the proper circumstances, I feel like anybody would, most people would probably take that opportunity in all fairness, but just even like 
this is one of my one of the ones that I find the most interesting. Again, not trying to like talk up serial killers or say that they're anything like great. Again, I'm just curious of like the workings of the mind of people and just like their thought process and how they get to a particular spot. But uh, I know that there was an Apple documentary about this guy. You might even know his name. I don't, I don't remember his name offhand, but there was this guy who was going around and like killing a bunch of people and he was admitting to crimes that he didn't do like all over in a bunch of different counties. And then he was even admitting to some of his own crimes. And he pretty much did that, you know, the boy who cried wolf concept of the police to the point where like they didn't believe him for anything he did because he admitted to every single violent crime. And he would pretty much get to the point where he was like having fun with it and going in and admitting full details of the crimes he did. And they still didn't fucking believe him. <laughs> like that's, well, that's, that's a whole other level of fucking genius right there. As fucked up as that sounds. Mm-hmm. You know, you know what one serial killer that is, I feel different than the rest is Ted Bundy. He was, he was different. Not only was he like extremely cocky about his like crimes that he committed because he allegedly like I think he got charged for like the rape and murder of like 30 women or it was like accounts like it was around 30 I could be wrong but now like people say and like specialists like that are in like the police departments and stuff like that say that it might be upwards of like around 110 I could be wrong, but I think it was around 110 and he was smart as fuck, but it was, it was different with him because he was actually going to law school and none of the, he denied every allegation that was pressed against him until the day that he, well, he got sentenced and his entire sentencing because the lawyers weren't good for him or in his mind thought they weren't good for him, he ended up becoming his own lawyer and he represented himself. And the day he got sentenced to death row, he, the judge, this is such a slap to the face. I fucking love it. But it was said that the judge told him, he's like, you were, you're a bright young man. You would have made an amazing lawyer and you just went down the wrong path. I sincerely mean this, that I really hope you find like solace and like, you know, you turn your life around stuff, stuff like that. And he, even up until his, the day that he was in lethally injected, I think it was lethal injection. He denied everything. And then the day he died, he was supposed to get lethally like injected. He then admitted to all of his crimes and he was like, I don't know. He was stupid because he was smart, but he was stupid because he was just, he broke out of prison, I think twice. And everywhere he went, he couldn't control that urge to kill somebody. And it was just like, he was different because he was very, very, for the time, good looking. You know, he was very, very charming, had really good charisma. And like he, with his girlfriend, he, she had a daughter and didn't do anything weird to her or his, or her daughter. And he was just a great father figure to be around. But when no, the night came and he had to get that urge out. It was just, yeah, he's just one of those weird ones. Dude, you want to talk about some weird ones? I don't want to get too in depth with like the details, but 
probably the most fucked up serial killer I've ever heard of to the point where like they haven't even made a movie of this guy because I don't know how you would do it without just fucking up the audience mentally because even just like hearing the transcripts of it, dude, are like they drag you down or you don't even want to listen to them. Uh, the fucking toy box killer. That That's probably the most morbid serial killer to date that I've ever heard of. I... I can't even necessarily say serial killer because they don't even know for sure if he even like murdered these people or if he was essentially setting them up to be sex trafficked. I've heard about him and I want to do an episode on him. I haven't, I haven't put him down yet, but in the near future, I would love to do an episode on him because I've heard his name being tossed around a lot recently through like my feed and just what I'm like, what I'm searching and stuff like that. When it comes to my true crime episodes, his name comes up repeatedly. So, I really want to cover him on one of my episodes. Just a uh, shout out to Strange Brew Podcast, Tom. Um, he did a really good episode with uh, Aaron from First Class Horror on the Toy Box Killer. So for anybody that wants to hear that backstory and you don't want to wait until uh, Dusty over here gets to the episode, if anybody wants to check that out, highly recommend it. Um, but like I said, it's one of those things that's like so morbid that like I personally don't enjoy talking about it nor do i want to talk about it or the details in particular so if anybody is curious and wants to go check that out um that that would probably be one of the top places i'd recommend going hearing that story because they did a really good job covering it as fucked up and morbid as it was yeah i um side note kind of on topic but a little off topic i want to make a horror movie have you ever seen the horror movie maniac it came out in like the 1970s or 80s and it's on amazon right now i that's where my inspiration came for this the movie i want to make because it is strictly the serial killer is the main character and a lot of movies and video games they always do it from you know like the good guys you play as the good guys and not as the villain well i wanted to (laughs) this is going to be fucked up so sorry in advance i wanted to make a really really low budget serial killer you know, movie that maybe takes place in like two different scenes. And one of them is going to be just like a normal room and everything like that. But I want to make it as awful and as graphic as terrifier. But I also want to give it a good story because you know how saw was made in like that whole one room and it was really low budget and James Wan did like an excellent job with it. They, I want to do some, some similar to that. Dude, talk about intricate storytelling. Like they're still continuing on with those movies and still connecting ties and shit. I mean, maybe they are kind of starting to stretch at a certain point, but like those are very well like thought out movies as far as I'm concerned. Um, at least like the original ones, the new ones that aren't like, I don't think they're written by the same guy anymore. Those are starting to kind of like side tier the story where it's just kind of like, okay, but the original ones, bro, those things were written so fucking solid. Like shout out to the guy who wrote that shit. Cause when you have that many different facets of a story, like all coming together, it's really hard to tie all that together and not have continuity issues, but they fucking pulled that shit off really fucking good for at least like the original saw series before they started this new continue on aspect that they've been doing with like the last two movies with what was it jigsaw and spiral and the new one i'm assuming is going to jump back into like the original 
series, but like, yeah, those two side tangent ones are a little bit different. I'm not saying they're bad. They they were good, but they're a little side tangent, but the original story writing for the original ones, holy fuck. I mean, even just the first one, dude, the fact that he was able to keep your attention that hard for the first, for fucking two hours of just basically one room. Like that's insane. And coming from somebody that like, I'm into horror, but I like, like the edge of your seat, uh, build up kind of horror. You know, I'm not like a huge fan of like gory horror, because I don't necessarily like seeing all that kind of shit, but like saw is different for me because the storyline is so fucking good. I just get drawn into it. But then when you get into stuff like hostile or like terrifier, like the storyline is just kind of, eh, and it's all just gore. And it's just like, nah, not for me. <laughs> See, this is a weird little thing. My grandpa, when he was a scout for the Tampa Bay lightning, he, at the time, the team owner was Warren cools who is the producer for the Saw movies. So if Warren Cools is listening to this podcast, I have we need to have a conversation, okay? <laughs> we need to have, I need some insight into the whole Hollywood side of making a movie because this, this, this needs to be done. But it's weird for me because Saw, for some reason, I can't do Saw. Like it, like I have to pause it, take a break, but we're t- terrifier or hostile. I can sit through that shit and just be completely fine. I didn't understand why in terrifier Two why people left the movie theater throwing up. Cause I don't know if that's a rumor or if that was a legit thing, dude, there's but always I publicity with scary movies where they're like scariest movie. People couldn't even watch it. Just, it's a publicity thing. It's gotta be okay. Okay. That's what I thought. Cause I was like the only one part that I was like, Oh, this is really disgusting is when the little girl, when the, when you're introduced to the little girl in the laundromat, and she shits out like black beans out of her vagina. Like that was the only time I was like, that kind of looks like throw up. Not don't want that. Like that's disgusting. But I strictly only watch Terrifier for art because I think he is the funniest fucking like horror villain in the world. <laughs> I mean, like, see, that's that's my thing, man. It's just like some shit is just like too far you know what i mean like i'm not like i said i'm all for horror i enjoy horror but i like the stuff that like draws you into the story and has like a really solid story and doesn't just build the entire audience up on like how gory they can make a scene with no like story building up to it you know what i mean like i appreciate the practical effects for the movies that do do practical effects because that's that's a hard thing to do to try to make shit look realistic. Like I have a lot of respect for people that do that. So don't get me wrong on that. I'm not saying that it's not like you're not doing something fucking amazing. I'm just saying it's not for me, but the CGI shit, like man, get the fuck out of here with that. <laughs> That's why like, I'm a big fan of like 80s horror dude. I like the practical effects. That's just the way to go. As far as I'm concerned. Yeah. I, um, like for the movie that I want to make, I don't want to make it like, I mean, yes, it'd be cool to kind of make it graphic. Like, you know, terrifier or something like that but the more aspect that i want to go for is because i love storytelling so i want the story to be really well but i also want to be shot as have you seen x or pearl i don't think so if you haven't seen them really really good their x is probably my favorite horror movie right now because it was just different and out there with you know a murderous 80 year old couple killing you know porn stars on their farm I thought it was a really good movie and it was just different as a slasher film, but I want to like show not only the killer, the slasher, but I also want to show how they got to that point. And like, 
I also want to give people like a view of like, hey, these are what these victims go through. And yes, like people like, you know, in the true crime world, like me um, and a bunch of other podcasters. Yes, we talk about these stories. Yes, some of us, not me, haven't gotten a sponsor yet or anything, but some of us are profiting off of these things. And after I watched Dahmer, I was like, I really don't, if I ever make a movie that's like, you know, using like Jeffrey Dahmer, Ted Bundy, or one of those guys, I don't want to use their name and I don't want to use the victims' names. Bed Dahmer. (laughs) (laughs) But like, I don't like, because these families of what happened to them is like really awful. And when I saw that, what like the family side of it and the TV show, TV show Dahmer, I was just like, damn, this makes me feel some type of way when I do true crime stuff like this. Like, so I want to show people, I want to give people that little aspect of it too, with the movie I want to make. Dude, like when it comes to all this kind of shit too, it's just, it's one of those things where you have to like tread lightly as far as I'm concerned, because they do a lot of this stuff with like modern movies when it comes to like serial killers and shit, where they try to like make the serial killer seem like a good guy. And in turn, you have like the family that's like trying to get the people locked up. And then you obviously, like we were talking about, have these like people that are obsessed with serial killers. So it's like, you're almost putting a target on the family by retelling that story for those people that for whatever fucking weird ass reason, they back up the serial killer. And you're also like redigging up trauma, like for that family. So like, I'm a firm believer in, even if you are going to use an exact serial killer's case, I feel like names and locations should be changed just out of respect for the family to begin with so that they don't get harassed. And the crazy serial killer lovers aren't like berating them for like, you got this person locked up and they didn't do shit. Mm-hmm. Like, no, they definitely did. There's a reason why they're in jail. Like, get out of here. <laughs> and we, going off that, we also, in the true crime community and when it comes to those movies, we also have to show, this is going to be a little fucked up, but I mean, we have to like, if you're about to like, you've got a kid and they're like, maybe like 14, 15, like they go out to, you know, the, they go out to the like amusement parks by themselves, go to arcades with their friends, go to malls with their friends and stuff like that. We have to also make stuff like this catered to them. Not because of like, you know, like, Oh, you guys should know about serial killers, serial killers, but like, Hey, there's people out there that are like this and this is what they do. Okay, so it also has to be used as like a learning standpoint and not just be like, oh, my God, you guys locked up Jeffrey Dahmer. Fuck you guys. Blah, 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 blah. Like, no, it can't. It it should never be like that. Well, I mean, I think it's one of those things that most women that listen to true crime, true crime podcasts. I feel like their mentality listening to it isn't like, oh, I'm enjoying this so much. It's more so, and correct me if I'm wrong, ladies out there, please voice your opinion because I'm definitely curious. I feel like most girls listen to true crime podcasts from the aspect of like, all right, that's what not to do. This is what I would do in this situation because clearly that didn't work. Like, I feel like girls use it preventative in order to figure out like 
what a serial killer would do so that they can counteract and rebalance it. And you said that, that, you know, use it as like a, like a precautionary tale. Um, I mean, it doesn't necessarily sound morbid if you re- realistically like break down like folklore through the years, because I mean, realistically, most folklore, if you break it down is scaring people away from doing something, scaring kids away from doing something so that they act right. Like prime example, you have, uh, you know, all the native American stories about like spear fingers or all the different like witch type beings that like walk along the rivers and shit. The reason for that is, you know, you scare these kids into thinking that there's all these creatures and beings that are walking along the river. And then now you don't have to worry about the kid accidentally falling in the river and getting rushed out by the current and disappearing. And I mean, Oh, and then you have like a, like another prime example, not that anybody looks at it as necessarily like cryptid folklore or anything like that, but like the story of like Hansel and Gretel, for example, um, you know, if you're a kid, you see some random stranger in the woods. They're trying to give you candy, trying to give you goods. Like, don't go with them because they will probably try to kill you and eat you. Like, almost all of the grim fairy tales are some type of warning to kids in a really morbid way. And everybody knows the grim fairy tales through, like, modern tellings of, like, Cinderella and Hansel. Like, all, all the updated Disney light fluffy stuff. But if you dig into, like, the grim fairy tales of telling this shit, it was a lot more morbid than that. Like just a prime example, like Cinderella, like the sisters cut off their heels in order to fit in the shoe, but they don't tell that in the Disney depiction because they're trying to lighten it up. Like the grim fairy tales were significantly darker than what people thought they were. Even like, uh, uh, little red riding hood, for example, uh, she gets eaten by the wolf and the hunter comes in and cuts the stomach of the wolf open and pulls her out and shit like that. Like it's, it's a lot more morbid than what the people know is like the modern tellings. Like, and it's all again, scaring kids away from doing bad things and, Again, it sounds like a fucked up thing, but realistically, like people have been doing this shit for centuries. That's just what works. Like as fucked up as it sounds, like you have to scare people away from doing stuff instead of just warning them because people won't listen to just a, oh, don't do that. But if you tell them that there's like a creature or something's going to come after them, then people think twice about it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And even the, the speaking of the grim fairy tales, like Cinder, not Cinderella, um, Sleeping Beauty is a rape story. Yep. If you've ever. Because like, he was like episode. late 20s and she was like supposed to be like 14 or something in that. Yeah, and from because I did an episode on it, and what happened was he stumped like he had a hawk, and it flew into this castle where she was sleeping at, where her dad put her, and he walked in and basically raped her, and she woke up to, I think, giving birth to twins, and that's where the fairies came from. That's where those fairies started to appear because they helped her deliver the baby. And it's just, it's a whole story about like rape and, um, what is it? An affair. Yeah. Rape and affair. That's what it is. Yeah. It's, I say, I got, I got to dig through the book, dude. There's, there's a good fucking handful that are a lot more twisted than what people realize. Like, uh, hold up. Let me grab my book. Ah, just try to got to, got to spark the memory here as far as the grim fairy tales go. Um, yeah. Sleeping beauty. That was one of them. And again, you just described that one. Uh, some other ones that people might know. Um, damn, there's so goddamn many snow white and the seven dwarfs. Mm -hmm. That one is a lot more morbid than what people realize it is. And that was one that's been lightened up by Disney. Uh, little riding hoods, one of the main ones, uh, Hansel and Gretel, of course. Um, Rumpelstiltskin. That one's a lot fucking darker. Uh, we already talked about Cinderella. 
Um, but again, just going back to it, man, you, you break down most like old folklore, most stories, especially like Native American stuff, for example. I mean, it can be looked at one of two ways. Either they were describing actual shit that they saw, or it's just precautionary tales to scare people away from doing specific things out of love for them not doing dumb shit realistically. Like most old stories, bro, they feel, I feel like most of them are scaring people away from following weird noises in the woods and avoiding like water uh, rivers uh, without other people around. And again, it goes into a lot of different cryptid folklore, a lot of like paranormal folklore. And it also goes to just basic knowledge of like, you hear a weird noise in the woods. You don't know what it is. You hear like a weird, like chattering or some shit like that. You don't know what kind of animal that could be. You walk into the dark woods, you get grabbed, you're taken off. Nobody knows what happens to you. And then people start basing stories around that. And again, it's just this continuous thing that (laughs) is again, just, being precautionary when it comes to this type of shit. But um, I guess kind of starting to wrap up towards the end here. Um, I always like to do words of wisdom before we get into, of course, all your links and everything where everybody can find you. So, you know, we got a little bit more of it on this conversation towards the second half talking about serial killers. Uh, I always like to try to bring it back up towards the end. So there's any words of wisdom that you could bestow on the listeners this time. What would it be? So I know I used a Spider-Man quote last time, so I'm going to steer clear of that. I've got, one for sure, and I had another one, but I forgot it. So one thing that I live by on a daily basis is nothing is ever as it seems. And what I mean by that is, like, for me, example, I live with my parents, but I drive a 2014 BMW, and I'm only 23. But I'm up the ass with insurance and car payments, so you might see a tw- you might see me in a BMW driving around. I'm like, oh, God, he's young. He's probably got a lot of money. No, I don't. Okay, nothing is ever as it seems. So don't give into that like like mindset of you know being what's the word being engaged with that facade that is put on because nine times out of ten it's it's not even it's not even real. Yep. Don't judge a book by its cover. Another well-rounded way of kind of wording the same thing in a, in a different way, I guess. Yeah. And, uh, with that, of course, awesome words of wisdom, of course, too. Um, because again, like a lot of people, you know, like even going back to the kind of serial killer thing, man, like half of these people seemed like they were just normal, well-rounded people, but they had a lot of skeletons in their closet. And the same goes for a lot of people that exist around you, they could have a lot of skeletons in their closet or on the vice versa of it. There could be some dude that you think is like some dark guy. That's like a serial killer or some shit. And he could be the sweetest person imaginable, but he just doesn't like to interact with people because maybe they just don't interact with him the same way that he appreciates them interacting back and forth. Like again, never judge a book by its cover. Cause you never truly know, man, like the, yep. the metalhead punk guy could be the nicest person you've ever met in your life. And the clean cut guy wearing a polo shirt could be the one who uh, murdered his family and has them hiding in the fridge currently. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. And uh, with that, of course, if anybody wants to come and find your awesome podcast, uh, where can they come and find you and where can they come and find your podcast at, man? You can find my podcast, The Rainy Day Horror Show, where I, you know, like I said earlier, cover everything. Horror is such a broad genre. So, like, I cover everything that's horror related. Anything that'll, you know, give you just a little bit of a scare. I cover it. Um, I'm on all of the main podcast platforms like Apple Podcast, Amazon, Spotify, iHeartRadio, basically most of them. I think I'm on like seven, eight different ones. And if you want, 
You can follow me on Instagram at the rainy day horror show. That is my, it's technically my second account, but I'm on that. If you want me on your show, I, you know, just DM me and I'll, I'll answer. Um, and if you want to, you know, you know, get a close and personal with me on a personal level, Dusty McVall's is my personal Instagram account. But like I said, mainly on the rainy day horror show. And of course, for all the listeners out there, I'll include all of your links in the show description so everybody can find it quick and easy. Highly recommend doing it. You know, got to support uh, any podcaster you guys find. I know I talk about it all the time on the show. Um, if you find a podcast you really like, give it five stars, rate it, share it, because that's the only way these shows are going to continue to grow. And Dusty puts in a lot of hard work on his show and it deserves to get seen by a lot more people. So, you know, share the shit out of his show, share the shit out of this show, uh, share the shit out of any podcast you enjoy, because that's the only way that all of us are going to continue, continue to grow. And I've said it a million times, all you listeners out there, you guys are the lifeblood of what we're doing. And we wouldn't be able to do this if you guys weren't listening. We'd just be two guys with the microphone, not doing nothing. But thanks to all you guys. We're here. We're doing it. So continue to help us grow and share the shit out of every podcast you guys enjoy. And again, Dusty, I thank you for coming on the show. I thank you for sharing your story. And I I'm looking forward to hearing what continues on next. Hopefully it's that these things just get pushed out and it's just that plain and simple and we can just call it a day. Um, of course, I'm always fascinated in the unknown, but for the sake of seeing how intense the situation's gotten, I hope for the best that you are able to just banish this thing quick. And just an extra reminder, like I said, um, make sure after this, because of all the stuff we talked about, you do some type of protection before you go to bed because I'd hate to have some weird shit happen to you uh, overnight. Cause with these forces, man, you never know realistically what you're fucking with on the other side. <laughs> no, you really don't, but it's just, it'll get, it'll all be gone. And you know, I'll just be just me living with my family. There'll be no extraterrestrial weird shit going on, but well, there yeah, might be in the soon was, future. <laughs> no, ma- yes, maybe, maybe if that dream pans out, yes, maybe, but yeah, no, I always love coming on your show. You know, it's kind of funny how it came full circle and yeah, I'm, I love coming on here. So you have precedence over people. So if you ever want me back on, just let me know and I'll make it fit right away. I appreciate that, man. Like I said, though, the pleasure is all mine, man. So anytime you want to come on, you're more than welcome. Thank you. If you guys enjoyed this episode, don't forget to share it with a friend, be it through sharing the post itself, sharing a link to the episode, or going onto the YouTube or TikTok and sharing a clip of this particular episode. And uh, if you guys haven't already, don't forget to review or rate the show on iTunes or Spotify. And if any of you guys give the show a five-star review, which hopefully you all will, of course, I will read on the show, give you guys a shout out, give appreciation where appreciations do, because I appreciate all of you guys for listening to the show and supporting the show, of course. And if anybody wants to get a hold of me for any reason whatsoever, be it you're an artist and you want to share some art, uh, you're somebody who has a crypto-related product and you possibly want to advertise on the show, uh, you're somebody that's interested in having a conversation on the show, or you're somebody that you feel you can contribute something to the show in any way, shape, or form, uh, get a hold of me. I'd love to speak with you. I'd love to talk with you. I'd love to get to know you. Uh, You guys can message me on Instagram, which is the form of social media that I'm the most active on. Or you guys can email me at increaseofourrealitypodcast at outlook.com. Or you can go to the link tree, fill the submission form. It's up at the top. And that will go directly to my email. Uh, I do respond to every single message I get. So make sure that you guys don't miss it. Uh, Check your spam or junk folders. Make sure nothing gets pushed that way. Because I do send a lot of links. And it does happen, of course. And uh, everything that I mention, all available under the link tree, which is available down in the show description. 
or for all of you people that don't want to dive down into the show description, that's L-I-N-K-T-R period E-E slash Increase of Our Reality Podcast. And with that, hope you guys enjoyed the conversation and I'll catch you on the next one. Have a good night, everybody. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.